talk to your customers. So asking them kind of like how they found you, why they bought, knowing their stories can really help improve the message that you put across. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you all here. In this episode, we are going deep into SEO. How do you go about building growth into your business with SEO? Because I'm chatting to a retailer who has built his business over the last three years, primarily by focusing on the SEO and content channels. So lots of great tips around that coming up, plus a few product and startup tips, a few sustainability tips and some excellent uh, top tips as well when we get right to the end. So make sure you listen right to the end so you don't miss out on my guest's top tips and my own take on this episode. Are you looking for ways to incorporate SMS and MMS into your marketing strategy? Well, you should be. A great way to do it is to add marketing text to your current campaigns. And with wildly successful transaction rates up to 481% higher, birthday offers are a good place to start. Send customers a birthday offer to the channel that's almost always at hand, their mobile device. And if they don't make a purchase, send a follow-up text in two days' time so your message doesn't get overlooked. Get more campaign ideas and see how AI-powered marketing automation is changing e-commerce at ecmp.info forward slash bloomreach. That's ecmp.info slash B-L-O-O-M-R-E-A-C-H. Learn more with Bloomreach. Visit ecmp.info forward slash Bloomreach today. And now to introduce today's special guest. Freddie Chat is the founder of Village Cricket Co., a WooCommerce site launched in 2020 to sell affordable cricket gear. Their primary growth engine over the last three years has been SEO and content marketing, and that's got them on track to pass £100,000 in sales this year. Hello, Freddie. Hello, Chloe. It's great to be here. Great to have you on the show. Um, how did you get into e-commerce? Uh, yes, so just over 10 years now, I dropped out of university and got quite lucky to get a job at a local kind of e-commerce company called Amara. They were based in a, a chicken shed uh, just down the road from from where, where I lived at the time uh, as a general kind of like a digital marketing assistant. So I worked across a few different channels and, and stuff like that at the time, but got quite a good broad knowledge. Then basically over the next seven years, I've, I've doubled down on within the SEO channel at the business. Uh, we grew the internal team um, to a few people, was really lucky to work on a wide range of uh, projects, including like uh, domain migrations, international expansion and international sites, uh, content-led SEO, even running our own uh, kind of blog awards, with, which actually ended up having its own award ceremony in person in London, which was surreal. So that's how how I got into it, basically. And then what led you to move from the chicken shed to creating your own e-commerce store? Yes. So it's always been something that I, I really wanted to do, but never really had almost like the idea. Then 
as always happens um, in, in start stories like this, uh, my cricket bat broke. So I was like really sad at that point, but also really excited to, to get a new one. It's always an exciting thing to buy. And at that time, I was kind of pretty shocked that the prices of cricket bats really. So they're looking at like kind of three, four hundred pound plus. I, I was like, surely there's another way. Is there any way that like I don't play at a particularly high standard, so I don't need to have the same bat that like Joe Root or someone's using? So it was like, what are the other options that are out there? So what that that started was almost like a deep dive research into how cricket bats are made and exactly kind of the different types of uh, willow that get used to to make the bats basically and i ended up finding a little opportunity that got me to some samples sent over from india that would effectively be like a, at a much more affordable price uh, for a cricket bat and kind of like spent a season basically testing out different samples and stuff that i got there so what we were really surprised at the club I, I enlisted help of friends to test them out and stuff as well and then it worked out that 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 bat was perfect for what we wanted it for it wasn't anything fancy it wasn't didn't like it was basically unbrand, an unbranded bat basically and it was it was perfect and then what I got made redundant in December 2019 and decided to go kind of like full-time freelance at that time and then use some of that redundancy money to put towards having a punt at starting my own public e-commerce business and and selling cricket bats gosh so you you developed your own product as a cricket bat not just sourcing some cheaper cricket bat options and putting them all together in the one store so it's a full manufactured product uh, yeah so we work with suppliers in india like we we had numerous samples sent over we kind of like tweaked some some things that we liked or didn't like and stuff like that and ended up work, like finding one that really worked well for us nice and it's it's kind of crazy isn't it you can see why the the price of the sporting good goes up based on you know xyz persons using it but then the second you said india i was like yeah and i don't think anyone in india or pakistan is paying 300 pounds for their cricket bat and it's huge as a sport over there so it's it's kind of it's kind of mad someone hasn't already done this so so congrats on finding the space in the market let's understand a bit more about the business as it is right now though whereabouts are you and where are you selling to uh, so I'm based in Chelmsford in Essex in the south of England. So we mainly ship into the UK um, or around the UK. We've shipped everywhere from the Highlands in Scotland down to Cornwall, into Wales, Northern Ireland and all, all over, really. We've shipped a handful into Europe. Not going to comment on how much harder that's been made post-Brexit, but that's been mentioned numerous times before. Yeah, let's let's not get into yeah. that. <laughs> uh, as well as send, we've actually shipped a few over to the USA as well. Oh, cool. And are you selling just cricket bats or have you expanded the range over the last couple of years? Yeah, so we've expanded into kind of like pads and gloves um, and we have a, like a garden cricket set as well so to target slightly different markets and upsells and, and things like that um there's still kind of like lots of room to to expand we've got we do junior bats now so we do all, all sizes and then there's lots of cover kind of like more protective equipment and and stuff that we can expand into as well and with those extensions have you done the same thing in that you've developed and manufactured the product yourself or have you gone oh god we ought to have gloves let's find someone we can just buy a ready-made glove from in a similar process to the bat we've had samples we've worked out what's like almost like the best price point that we can get for the quality um on that side of things i know a lot of people go right i've got my core product i put the time and the effort into developing that and, and designing it from scratch and so forth what 
has made you do that with the kind of like the the growing product set is this like an eye on a big prize 10 years down the line or is it down to the principles was there nothing in the market what led you to do that rather than than taking the easy option to quickly expand the product range um i think for us we wanted to make sure the products were the best that they, that they could be of like we coming at the affordable end of the market so we're not creating products to be used by professionals we're creating them to be used by people like myself who who love playing cricket with their mates and, and and stuff like that so it's finding that right balance that makes it the good enough quality for everyone that wants to use it um, as well as not being continually pushing up the prices that that happen obviously throughout the market now you're running this not as your full-time job so i'm going to guess you've got some team members or you've outsourced some stuff so what does your your wider team look like so generally speaking it is main, mainly me i do the packing up the orders and, and sending them out originally from from my garage but kind of outgrew that so we've got a little storage unit um fortunately only five minutes down the road so it's quite handy the website built on woocommerce was kind of like built by myself i use um elementor the the plugin to kind of like build the landing page just make it a bit easier on myself so less less coding wise the main thing i outsource is kind of like the the copywriting and content writing i'm just very slow at doing that so that's the main thing that i've kind of outsourced to date and i have to ask this given where we are in marketing at the moment are you outsourcing the content writing to a bot or to a human to a human like he's been writing uh, the content now for about 18 months it's been like kind of really good quality obviously i, I review check it but good alignment now uh, we've been working together and we mentioned in the intro that you've doubled down on seo and content which given your your background and what you were doing in the agency beforehand it comes as no surprise to anyone and given that you are the unlike i was assuming you are the driving force behind this business it's all down to you it makes so much sense that you've decided to double down on a skill set you already had before we get into you know sharing a few seo tips i've got to ask you for a few of those but did you pick this business partly based on an seo opportunity that you could see or is it was it product first and then we'll find a way to make the seo work later I think a bit of both. I think it was largely the product led, but then as I started to then probably do a bit more research into it, like so, cricket is quite an old-fashioned industry still. The digital transformations, everything from like clubs to brands, everything is has been very slow compared to a lot of other kind of industries. So because of that, there was a lot of opportunity to quickly rank for a lot of kind of like low competition keywords. So yes, a bit of both across uh, those two factors. Okay. And building up the SEO, where did you start with that? Was it about content on the website or was it about links coming in? Let's go, let's ask the chicken and egg question. (laughs) So it firstly started with the keywords, like learning what our audience was actually searching for, what the opportunities were around that and understanding kind of like where the competition wasn't as it turned out. So that's why I'd say terms like cricket bat, like there's a very kind of like competitive term and and, and more difficult to rank for, but we opted to target things like pre-knocked in cricket bats, long handle cricket bats, the long tail keywords that had less, much less competition and that we could more easily rank for, for quickly. So to more specifically answer your question, it was pretty much a 50-50% split for what we were trying to do between content on the site and link building. Um, for us, obviously, it was a brand new site, so we needed to get some links to, to build up that authority. But we also needed the content to 
to be able to actually target the, all these keywords as well. A lot of brands, a lot of businesses often just kind of dive deeply into one of those and hope the rest will work <laughs> out. So was it kind of literally from day one, you're like, right, I've got two days I can spend on it this week. I'm going to do a day of links and a day of content. Is it, is, has, has it been as simple as that, making sure you've got both covered? Uh, yeah, pretty much. We, I, I, can't, I, I was looking to, to essentially try and do like that. Obviously, it, it didn't pan out exactly kind of like one day here, one day there. But yeah, so we, I looked at different kind of like link building opportunities for us. We, like, we had a, a relatively unique story. There was not, there's obviously no, no one else targeted in our specific market, like target niche within the cricket bat kind of space that everyone goes after the kind of like the, they're the best the for professionals and everything like that. So we had a, a little bit of a unique story around that and we managed to secure some, some interviews on kind of like cricket publications and, and things like that. So it was also, so it was the kind of like the relevant links from that side of, side of things. And then yet, yeah, then I was basically trying to create as much uh, kind of content as I could in, in almost like the other half of my time. Obviously now I, I outsourced that, that part of it. So it's a bit more, more, more efficient sort of thing from that, from that side. So a bit of a PR strategy as many might call it at the beginning, but the, the PR bit was the bonus, the aim was the links. Yeah, did like kind of brand awareness and stuff. It was definitely an added bonus for me. And I think a lot of people are scared of doing the link building part in particular. Overwhelmed by the content creation, scared by the link building. <laughs> um, have you got any tips for, I mean, obviously you've already given us that great tip of leverage your story Are there and, t and do that PR piece. Are there any other key ways we should be, or you found a great to, to incorporate link building um, successfully at the moment for an e-commerce brand? Yes. Yeah, so for many e-commerce brands, particularly if you have a kind of giftable product, the number one kind of like strategy that I often try and use is is reaching out to journalists that have in the past written gift guides. So particularly around Christmas, but also around other kind of gift and occasion like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's Day, depending on your product sort of thing. You can reach out to journalists and basically just and pitch them basically saying, saw you wrote a gift guide on XYZ for whatever publication like last year are you looking to to write another one this year if so we'd love to be considered then go into the pitch for your product and yeah so that's a great way of actually securing some kind of like quite high authority because a lot most publications like through from everything from the mirror to to niche publications all do gift guides and stuff so there's normally a lot of opportunities to to kind of like get some links there i really like that one and i I have to ask one follow-up question and then I'm going to lead us into something else I wanted to ask you about because it does, I think it dovetails well. Audience, you be the judge. The quick question though, uh, Freddie, was you mentioned about reaching out to people who've written the gift guides. You're not, I'm going to take a rough punt, that you're not doing that the day after the existing gift guide go goes out. You're not waiting until October to do that. You're doing this quite a way in advance. Yes. So what time of year would you do that for, for Christmas? Um, for Christmas, normally start in September um, and then kind of like space out between kind of like se September through October. You can get an idea based on kind of like when their gift guides were published last year um, and then try and kind of just kind of filter back probably maybe at least a month just so you make sure you get in front of them as early as possible. I feel like it's better to be in front of them 
earlier than than later so if they've already written it it's probably harder to be included but just getting on on the right people's radar that may feature your products is is, is just the key thing excellent and then the the, que- the bigger question that's leading me on to is your business is very seasonal people buy cricket bats when they're playing cricket so over the summer so i'm guessing as a startup that the seo part is quite nice as a marketing strategy because it's something you can be active in all year round you're not waiting until april to start doing some seo there's strategies you can be doing from january through to december that all help build it up so my question is do you apply any seasonality at all to the seo and the content piece or is it an evergreen 24 months of the year project for you for the seo side it it, yeah it's just a very consistent approach the whole whole year round kind of I may kind of like push slightly harder for links and stuff during the summer because it's more relevant so you're probably more likely to get people who write about cricket in the summer you just kind of tweak the angles that you're that you're reaching out or kind of like trying to get links for but other than that yeah it's pretty much consistently different angles at different times always on and then one last SEO question before I tip us into another area which is you mentioned you know the very first thing you did was get the keyword research down find those gaps find those opportunities how often would you repeat that piece of analysis is it something you're doing every every year is it something you're doing every month is it something you haven't yet repeated I've done it for every almost like individual product that we've released so it it so I've done it quite in a, in a staggered way. For Cricket Bats, we did a lot at the very start. And then after that, I revisited it after a year just to see if there was much change or if there was much additional searches and, and, and things like that. But generally speaking, once a year, it's just good to have an, another like check to see if there's any new keywords or how keywords have like kind of changed in terms of kind of like difficulty and, and search volumes. So once a year, and I like kind of like the subtle tip you were giving in there around uh, focus it on the individual products. So you're not keyword researching cricket, which is quite a mammoth, mammoth piece of work, but you're doing cricket bats. And then at another point, you're doing cricket gloves, and then you're doing cricket pads and so forth, which, which I think when you can chunk things up like that, it makes it a little bit more manageable. Okay, Freddie, so I was going to tweak us into another area, which is in your application to come on the podcast, you mentioned you have been doing a few things around sustainability. So I was keen to to find out what steps you've been taking to make your business a little bit more green, a little bit more sustainable. Yes. So cricket in general, obviously, like you, we chop down trees to, to make cricket bats. So it, like in general, it's like not great to start with. But as a whole, like around the world, the replanting of willow trees as a result of that both in the UK and in India, like where we get our willow from, like it has always been, it always had a very good foundation in in kind of like the sustainability in terms of replanting trees to make sure that there's enough supply and everything like that. And there's, that it's not causing any damage to the environment. It's all done in a really kind of like good way from that side of things, which is like kind of quite promising. I think there's, there's some, then there's other elements of the supply chain which have, make it less sustainable a lot of kind of english willow is shipped over to india to be made into bats and then shipped back so it's it's very inefficient from from that side of things so what that was a factor in consideration of us using cashmere willow from india is that 
there's only one trip it has to it has to make rather than there and back kind of that's more the product-led side of things so we're trying to use as much kind of like recycled and recyclable materials in our packaging and everything like that just to, to make sure it's as efficient as possible on that side of things and then the last thing that's quite cricket specific is that when you people buy new bats like they're they're off or new pads and gloves they're often throwing away old stuff which again is is really not good so one of the things that we've started looking into is to see if, if there's some sort of almost like cricket exchange type thing where if you you can donate your old your old old gear bats pads and whether that gets kind of recycled into to cool things like a, a bench made out of cricket bats or or anything like that just to see just to try and kind of like make the the flow of uh, equipment just a bit more long lasting sort of thing rather than just kind of like getting thrown in thrown in the bin e-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector here's a reminder of who they are Are you looking for ways to incorporate SMS and MMS into your marketing strategy? Well, you should be. A great way to do it is to add marketing text to your current campaigns. And with wildly successful transaction rates up to 481% higher, birthday offers are a good place to start. Send customers a birthday offer to the channel that's almost always at hand, their mobile device. And if they don't make a purchase, send a follow-up text in two days' time so your message doesn't get overlooked. Get more campaign ideas and see how AI-powered marketing automation is changing e-commerce at ecmp.info forward slash bloomreach. That's ecmp.info slash B-L-O-O-M-R-E-A-C-H. Learn more with Bloomreach. Visit ecmp.info forward slash Bloomreach today. Do you have stock in your warehouse you desperately need to turn back into cash? Do you want to know how you can sell more stock at full price? Do you want to leverage your stock to improve your profits, cash flow and environmental impact? then it's time to get your free ticket to our brand new virtual event. This time, we're tackling the problem of overstocks, both how to avoid them and how to clear them. Just use our short link ecmp.info forward slash summit to get your free ticket. And to answer the number one most asked question, will replays be available, Chloe? Why, yes, replays will be available to everyone who has signed up. So sign up and then you can watch at your convenience. Just use our short link ecmp.info forward slash summit to get your free ticket. That's ecmp, short for e-commerce master plan, dot info forward slash summit to get your free ticket today. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Freddie, are you ready? Yes. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Uh, It would be Obviously Awesome by April Dunford. I read this book a few years ago and I've reread it two or three times since it's an incredible book on positioning so it's things like how to get the message across for your product brand to your audience and how you can really position the product to the exact market you want rather than trying to be something for everyone nice that was and it was called obviously awesome yeah cool i haven't heard of that i'll have to go and check it out i wasn't sure what you said obviously 
awesome by <laughs> or you saying obviously awesome obviously awesome we need to all go put that on our reading lists okay the traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves hey this, this one might come and be a bit obvious uh but for me it'll always be seo i think the one caveat i have to that is that you need to be really confident in your in your product before investing in seo so I'd always use other channels, maybe like test if there's the demand or interest in your specific product. But once you've got that demand, I feel SEO is 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 perfect for for gaining that kind of like long term health of the business. Nice. I would have been very surprised if you hadn't have mentioned <laughs> SEO at that point. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yeah, so this tool uh, helps both the e-commerce brand and myself in my freelance uh, life, and it's Keyword Insights. Simply put, it takes all the keywords that you that you have, and it kind of clusters them together to know exactly which pages you need to create on your site to be able to kind of like target all the the different pages, or target all the keywords. Sorry, and then also it tells you kind of like whether you should create category or product pages or blog posts depending on what Google currently ranks for that. It has a whole more features and stuff, but they're the main ones that I use it for. Um, and alone, it saves me hours every week. That's called Keyword Insights. Yeah. Excellent. And that sounds brilliant. I, w- I have to say, if you hadn't given us an SEO tool there, I was going to ask you for one, Freddie, because <laughs> we are, we're crying out for an SEO tool. Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? So not SEO related this one, but my top tip uh, would be to actually talk to your customers. So asking them kind of like how they found you, why they bought, knowing their stories can really help kind of like improve the the message that you put across to kind of like really boost up that kind of conversion rate type thing. We found that lots of people that buy our products are coming back into cricket from years out. So we tweet message on our site to to talk to that person a lot more. I love that. Get really clear on your customer base. Freddie, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business and your cricket gear on the web and social media, please? Yeah, so you can uh, find us at villagecricket.co and on most social platforms on uh, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Village Cricket. Simple as that. And we mentioned you're also freelancing and uh, helping other businesses with their SEO. So if someone wants your SEO help on their store, can you let them know how to get in contact and a little bit more about what you offer, please? Yes. Yeah, so I offer kind of a full suite of um, SEO services exclusively to e-com brands. You can find me at freddychat.com or search for Freddie Chat on Twitter and LinkedIn and we can connect and have a chat. Simple as that. Thanks so much, Freddie. Um, it's been brilliant chatting with you today. Congrats on the business so far and I look forward to seeing where you take it in the future. And thanks for being so generous, sharing so many great SEO tips with us as well. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Loads of lovely both SEO and business tips there from Freddie. I think that the key thing is get your keywords right and then spend as much time working on generating those links as you do on building that good content on your website. Remember, link building is not just kind of the spammy stuff you immediately think of. It's also uh, gift guides, it's PR as those areas he was talking about. So lots to think about there. To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our special direct episode short links. 
Just put ecmp.info forward slash whatever the number of this episode is into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct episode page. So just ecmp.info forward slash episode number and you'll go straight there. Once you get to the website, you can add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business like the massive masterclass series we've just been doing on SEO for e-commerce that's just been live um, over the last few weeks on our sister podcast, Keep Optimizing. And you can find that at keepopt.com forward slash SEO. So K-E-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash SEO will take you straight to all our SEO helpful content over on our sister show. Well, look, thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with their businesses, including progressing along that path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. It's time to get your free ticket to our brand new virtual event. This time we're tackling the problem of overstocks, both how to avoid them and how to clear them. So take control of your stock to improve profits, cash flow and lower your carbon footprint. Just use our short link ecmp.info forward slash summit to get your free ticket.